0: Ibn Arabi and the ecological crisis, a merciful nemesis, question mark. Question mark is quite important. This is a paper on modernity and its future from a more than ecological viewpoint. It draws extensively, but not exclusively, on the Akbarian understanding of the perfection of man And the unity of existence It is essentially an essay On the meaning of our times In an earlier work The work that um, Stephen referred to Ibn Arabi and Modern Thought In an earlier work I, n- I noted with some degree of seriousness That modernity is engendering Its own metaphysical crisis And that this metaphysical crisis in its most abstract and intellectual form is a crisis about the nature of knowledge itself and its inevitable relation to human responsibility and human potential. That was, I should think, quite accurately sums up the main impetus of of that book. It was very much a work which pointed to the hubris of much modern knowledge, an overconfidence, a human overconfidence in which we, uh, which we ascribe to our own knowledge production, sometimes a kind of overconfidence in, 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 what we know and what we think we know, and using this to. Whatever purposes we put it to, so, um, this idea of hubris, I think, is 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 quite a, a useful one for me. Um, it, it was very much a work then which pointed to the humorous of much, much modern knowledge, not all modern knowledge but much modern knowledge and the necessity for a reorientation of perspective beyond the self descriptions and divisions of the age in which we live I make no excuse for this and I would defend it if called upon to do so, I still hold to this general view it's not left me at all At the beginning of the 21st century, our awareness of the emerging ecological crisis and its predicted global consequences, we all know, has loomed large. This is primarily because global warming affects every living thing on the planet, every human infrastructure and every human soul. It hangs like Damocles' sword over the world itself. More and more it is becoming obvious that something very serious is happening to the world climate. And this, even when there may be vested interests by some people in denying its human causes. Optimism and pessimism abound. For what it's worth, I'm a serious optimist but we must be very careful where we place our optimism for if its causes are what human beings are doing to the planet then the solution requires changing human behavior in fairly radical ways in the short term and in the long term. It requires or so it seems urgent change at both the personal and political level. In this paper I propose to delve deeper into the nature of this crisis from the perspective of the unity of existence and to suggest that there is another universal dimension to its meaning. Firstly, let us take the idea of unity and if you wish, the acknowledgement of our common universal humanity. Let us notice that this idea is increasingly brought to our attention in all kinds of 21st century nooks and crannies. Obviously, this idea is not yet formulated in any strictly Akbarian sense, but its contemporary formulations may be a useful and preparatory step in the right direction. There is definitely emerging a sense and recognition of the interconnectedness and unity of life as a whole, and of the indissoluble relationship between man and nature. We see images of fundamental unity emerging in the study of the very small and the very great, in cosmology, physics, biology, ecology, economics in the global interdependence of diverse, socially, culturally and geographically disparate communities, and even in some ecumenical contexts more generally we see this in the breaking down of barriers of all kinds including gender there is a kind of healthy unity in diversity and diversity in unity replacing constricting dualisms in many ways holistic understandings have become prevalent we need to recognise this tendency when considering the all too obvious divisions of the age in which we live we may even suggest that the ecological crisis itself is in some partial and potential sense a unifier in so far as it is ultimately larger than the divisions which separate us we cannot act alone and we are all affected some such embryonic degree of unity a feeling for the oneness of life in all its diversity and a recognition of our common humanity is in many people I suspect part of a taken for granted common sense not much talked about perhaps but a powerful subterranean current a potential antidote to intolerance and division people can gather in the name of their common humanity in spite of their sometimes intransigent ideological divisions what has happened very recently in Northern Ireland is a promising example I mean, these people couldn't even look at each other let alone talk to each other. And yet, we see an instance of what happens. What has happened very recently in Northern Ireland is a promising example. Sometimes, sometimes it takes great preparation, great, really great preparation, for something seemingly solid to melt into air. And sometimes, We just the opposite direction. It can happen in the twinkling of an eye, or even less, as it is sometimes tantalizingly expressed. I myself cannot think of a better description of how great shifts in human consciousness and ideas take place than this. If the argument of this short paper can be summarized, it is that the ecological crisis itself acts as a mirror or even a magnifying glass for the necessity of a fundamental change in human consciousness and awareness. It is a crisis capable of bringing the human species to its senses. It is more than an ecological crisis. It is a mirror to the tawdry nature of much of our stewardship of the world. It is therefore a mirror to ourselves, to our state, our attitude we have forgotten or maybe ignored that which Ibn Arabi bids us constantly to remember that we are all al Ayyan, the essences of his most perfect names dressed in space and time we are images of truth and the differences of cultures and beliefs is an intentional diversity predicated on the mercy of the most merciful. In another way, each one of us is, in potential, an essential witness in service to the oneness of existence, which oneness most definitely includes the ecology of the planet in all its fine-tuning. There is a phrase in Ibn Arabi's Fasus al-Hikam, which outstandingly for me summarizes what it is I propose to outline in the, in the context of this talk it is the phrase the clarification of the mirror of the world and it occurs in the following passage from uh, Burkhart and Angela's translation for the entire reality from its beginning to its end comes from God alone and it is to him that it returns so then the divine order required the clarification of the mirror of the world Adam became the light itself of this mirror and the spirit of this form although for Ibn Arabi this act of divine self conscious mirroring has already occurred in totality outside the parameters of space and time its consequences are being played out in the world of manifested images in space and time. That is, in our own times, in the here and now of everyday life and modernity in all its vicissitudes. Its consequences are being, being played out in the infinity of the world process. So now let us look at some of the historical and cultural details of which we are all well aware and examine it freshly from the perspective of the clarification of the mirror of the world it is an extraordinary fact that in, eight in 18th century Europe not very long ago 200 years ago so. it is an extraordinary fact that in 18th century Europe there began the greatest transformation in human history since remote times. There was a massive exponential, exponential sorry, demographic explosion such that between 1940s and the 1960s there was an increase in the space of just over 20 years of more than the total estimated population of the world in 1800. And as we know this exponential growth continues all these billions of human beings on the face of the planet earth is unprecedented in its history this demographic explosion again as we well know was paralleled with a new with new industrial processes taking place on a great scale the industrial revolution was born and it was born in the west central to its prodigious development was the emergence of a new scientific and technological attitude to nature, towards knowledge and towards the world in general. In short, there was a reorientation of ideas and a climatic change in human consciousness. And most importantly, it is a fact that the demographic explosion was, is and will remain the biggest challenge to its resources that the planet has ever known. The teeming globality of the 21st century acts as a mirror to our human condition, revealing unambiguously the acceptable and unacceptable human consequences of our actions. This kaleidoscopic mirror we call 21st century global life is ubiquitous, obviously, it is at our every turn we need just to watch television and there it is right in front of our eyes in our own living rooms day after day evening after evening a constant stream of images of modernity but if we look in this mirror with Akbarian eyes what do we see? well I do think it's possible to extrapolate certain discernible features but before we do that I think we have to recognise two principles or at least one let us deal with two points firstly as Izutsu says in in his writings the meaning that is perceived in the theatre of modernity and then this is a quote from Izutsu is inseparably connected with the subjective state of man so that the self same reality is said to be perceived differently in accordance with different degrees of consciousness I think this is a very important and basic principle that what is perceived depends on our evolved consciousness individually uh, for Ibn Arabi we know it is the conscious awareness of the unity of existence which informs his vision and it is this to this which he invites the would-be searcher from this universal perspective Ibn Arabi further informs us in the chapter on Adam the world is to itself its own veil and thus cannot see God due to the fact that it sees itself because we as part of that world this world, because we are veiled in this way there is a great forgetting about the true reality of man. The human images of the Ion, holistically projected as it were, and genetically codified in space and time, image but a fraction of their great primordial nature. But fortunately, a veil can both conceal and reveal, be both subtle and coarse, veils also act as a symbol and a reminder of that which they veil and it is interesting to remember here that there are two types of veil humanly constructed veils and those veils which God has in his wisdom placed before man the global mirror of the 21st century through which we see as through a veil can nevertheless act as a dramatic admonishment or reminder, or both, of which perhaps the ecological crisis stands as a paradigmatic global instance. It is an admonishment of our lack of proper overall stewardship and a reminder of our utter dependence on nature. We know that we must treat nature properly, we know this, and that we must learn to work with nature and to understand its infinitely complex ecology at every level. And we know too that there is a point beyond which it is not always possible to pull ourselves out of every difficulty by our own bootstraps. The ecological crisis also recertifies the spider web fragility of the humanly built environment and its infrastructures. Most important of all is that the ecological crisis is a reminder that we have to change. And to this necessity of real change and it is to this necessity of real change that global events in the 21st century are focusing our attention like a gigantic magnifying glass. A little more deeply in the context of the unity of existence we are being shown in no uncertain terms that we are indissolubly tied to a global movement of epic proportions beyond politics, financial corporations, world ideologies and power struggles which has to do with a universal transformation in human awareness. Many of the dramatic events of the 21st century are a wake-up call to all of its six billion human inhabitants. If this call to change takes the form of an ecological nemesis with which we will, willy-nilly, have to deal, it also heralds a universal message of hope. The magnifying glass of modernity can act as an indelible reminder of what, according to Ibn Arabi, applies to each one of us. A reminder from the source itself of what is within you, this is Ibn Arabi, of what is within you and in your possession that you have forgotten. And that is, Ibn Arabi continues, that you are you are everything, in everything, and from everything. This knowledge of the spiritual meaning of the indissoluble unity of all life at all levels, material and spiritual constitutes, I suggest, a reviving scent and mercy. It is a single movement of love which, in spite of some of its inverse appearances, ensures that, quote, the inner realities of the spiritual world will become more and more manifest and accessible. This is not meant to imply that the world population as a whole will comply with this accessibility, for it is essentially a private and individual matter which depends on the predisposition of its individual human receptors. But the invitation is there for those who will accept it. Consider the following comments of Ibn Arabi, taken from various sources. But this is... This is um, uh, the, regarding the world its, uh, and its future, it's people so that its people experience more spiritual unveiling. So the people of this time today are quicker to experience unveiling more likely to witness spiritual things more spiritually aware and more complete in their realization but also deficient in their right actions than in earlier times because they are farther from the companions in their witnessing the prophet for right actions were more predominant in the past while spiritual knowing is more predominant in this time of ours and that expansion of spiritual awareness will continue on increasing until the descent of Jesus peace be upon him at the end of time this expansion of spiritual awareness is sometimes taken to refer to the special rewards of those who will continue to strive for God in the corrupted circumstances of the latter days this is one understanding of what's implied here Um, and there's evidence for that understanding in, in the writings of Ibn Arabi but one can also see the expansion of awareness of the unity of existence foreshadowed in all those images of wholeness emerging in 21st century cosmology, physics and the life sciences including ecology So far as Ibn Arabi is concerned, the fundamental principle is that the spiritual governs the material everywhere. Consequently, the expansion of spiritual awareness must involve, at the the personal level, an ongoing recognition and personal instantiation of this principle, that this is how it is. In fact what we call material on this view would be nothing other than a description which fails to recognise the theophanic secret of the atom the real nature of what the material world is. And as is unequivocally stated by Ibn Arabi the global movement of our times prefigures the manifestation of the messianic age Sometimes referred to as that, or the Second Coming of Jesus, also known as the Perusia. We may surmise. Let us surmise that all kinds of spiritual opportunities are being opened up, and exteriorized until the descent of Jesus. And this is always in accordance with the inner structure of our own predisposition, our archety- archetypal predisposition, as essences in the divine ipsaity and ideas in God's vision of himself it is interesting to note also that Ibn Arabi hints that there are exceptions to this rule which allow man almost one might say an absolutely unconditional insight into the mystery of being beyond his own or her own archetypal predisposition It was the Prophet Muhammad who said, O my God, show me things clearly, meaning things, in in inverted commas, meaning by things, whatever is beside God, whose name be exalted. That is, make me to know what is beside thee, in order that I may understand which they are, whether they be thou or other than thou, whether they are old, abiding, or recent, and perishing. Then God showed him what was beside himself, without the existence of what is behind beside himself. So he saw things as they are. This request of Muhammad for clarity, this request for clarity, is also a request for ablution. So that all else is abluted, except God's face this is the zenith of spiritual awareness which has neither end nor beginning where there is neither subject nor object all the extraordinary stories and descriptions in the Fasus the Tarjum and the Sufis of Andalusia the um, Futahat and much more in his poetry Ibn Arabi uh, uh, we can understand from something else Ibn Arabi says Uh, which has been um, reproduced in one form in the newsletter of of the society though I haven't taken it from that newsletter everything, all these extraordinaries and descriptions of the nature of reality we can see as only given to us out of mercy as only bridges and passageways set up so we can cross over them into our own essence and our own particular state they're given to us in that kind of merciful way that we can uh, cross over them to what we really are often not about you but maybe it's just me but certain often when we take stock of our own lives and when we try to make some intelligible sense of it we realise that we have received much more than we ever imagined and that the unfolding of our lives is quite remarkable and unique and has that, who would have thought that about it it has that quality extraordinary quality there is a memorable line in in the playwright Pirandello in which he says there is somebody living my life and I know nothing about him And as we have seen, if we take Ibn Arabi seriously, there is someone, in inverted commas, living the era, and we don't know who it is. But we are told to not revile the era, for he, God, is the era. The inner core of our era is the movement of love itself, which is his beauty, and as we know, his love to be known. And now a quote from, from Eckhart. Mr. Eck, Eckhart, God lies in wait for us with nothing so much as with love for love resembles the fisherman's hook very famous quote the fisherman cannot get the fish till it is caught on the hook once it takes the hook he is sure of the fish twist and turn as it may this way or that way he is assured of his catch and so I say says Mr. Eck, Master Eckhart and so I say of love. He who is caught by it has the strongest of bonds and yet a pleasant burden. He who has taken up this sweet burden fares further and makes more progress than by all the harsh practices used by any man. And two, he can cheerfully bear and endure all that befalls him, whatever God inflicts on him, and can also cheerfully forgive Whatever evil is done to him. Nothing brings you closer to God or makes God so much your own as the sweet bond of love. A man who has found this way needs seek no other. He who hangs on this hook is caught so fast that foot and hand, mouth, eyes, and heart, and all that is man's, belongs only to God. Record. our era is imbued with a particular quality of the real but it is we who must exercise discernment and it is we who must read between the lines so that we grasp securely the meaning of our times we are not left alone in this matter how could we be the Fasuz al-Hikam of Ibn Arabi is an essential gift given to us all, to strengthen and revivify our hearts. People of the pursuits, as they are sometimes referred to, people of the pursuits are under the order of the essential requirement of the time in which we live. And God willing, shall come to see clearly what is to be done and what the signs of the times truly indicate. In this context, The clarification of the mirror of the world world in the era of the 21st century is a preparation of a universal platform of esoteric education so that we may see clearly what is ahead. The Bashara school, which many of us have been involved with, certainly I am, the Bashara school is itself an evolving, evolving prototype of esoteric education for the future. Wherever people gather in his name, as one for his vision, Bashara is present in total. It is not necessary to be elsewhere. It is in fact necessary that we are not elsewhere, but undividedly present where we are. When we place ourselves under the order of his meaning, it is possible to become aware of his presence according to itself wherever we are. This is his self-gift to us as uh, Dom Sylvester may have put it. I shall finish this short talk with a line from one of Uftada's poems entitled Shall I Ever Find the One? Uftada says the following The day will come When touching the earth, I see the world of the real. Thank you.